0: Hey everyone, um, it's Nicole. Big surprise, and I am here with Denise, and we're um, gonna talk about aging and aging as women with eating disorders and body image dysmorphia. So, um, so Denise, why don't you start by kind of telling us? you know, what it was like, your relationship to your body, you know, younger and meaning like as a kid and then puberty and then, you know, whatever. And we'll just sort of take it from there.
1: That's that's a lot to cover. (laughs) Yes, it is.
0: But you can skim or you
1: could, you know, well, um, one of the earliest pictures that I've seen, I don't know if it's a memory, I think it's just a picture I've seen is of my brother's sister and I standing on our front porch and I'm eating a gigantic turkey leg. <laughs> and um, I was told that it was really cute. And um, then another picture that I had was of me eating a stick of butter. And I guess um, I used to go in and and take some of that. And my mom would make me sugar and butter sandwiches on white bread. So there's where that all happened. Um, and body image probably started when I was probably 12, 13, where, um, You know, you start getting your boobs and you're so uncomfortable and you get your period. And I had a mother who didn't really tell me about getting your period. And um, she sent me up. She sent me to camp. She was doing the best she could do. I was in fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade. um, And I was sent to camp uh, with a box of Kotex and... Uh, instruct. She said, instructions are in the box. You might turn into a woman over the summer. And then this little belt thing that um, it's like a Chinese jump rope kind of, or well, I hope I can say Chinese, um, uh, that you wore to keep the thing in place. Um, so anyhow, at camp, um, you had to, I wanted to sail. It was in um, a state far away. And then I was there for four, four weeks, first time I'd ever been away from home. And in order to be able to sail, you had to learn how to breaststroke. And it took me all summer long to finally get the coordination to breaststroke. But on the day I was supposed to be able to sail, because I had just learned the breaststroke, I got my period. And so um, I went to the nurse and she helped me out, figure out what to do with everything. And then um, she wrote me a note. And at that time, you really didn't go swimming if you had your period, there just wasn't, you just didn't do it. And I was so bummed out. And um, I had to go and t- and uh, bring this note that she had written to this 21-year-old counselor dude. And um, and the note, the note said, um, please excuse Denise, she has, um, what did she say she didn't say menstruation she said um, something else but I thought what she said was menstruation and he read it and he said oh I'm really sorry and I just ran up to my cabin just hating my body and my mom and everything else that went with it. Um, the good part of that camp was we got um, money um, weekly and a huge line of um, candy and shit, just shit food. And I just would spend it all in one day and eat it all in one day and then bum whatever food I could possibly do, um, you know, from the other campers. Um, So that was like in seventh grade or so and, um, in eighth grade, I'm not sure what happened, but, um, oh, I know, I'm gonna go back to fourth grade. When I was in fourth grade, um, my dad, he just he dis, he did, didn't disappear, but um, they didn't tell me where he had gone. And he had, he was gone for 10 days and my mom and I did not get along and he and I got along really well. And nobody told me where he went. Um, And I had something called trichotillomania, which is hair pulling. And um, I guess I pulled out all my eyelashes and eyebrows when he was gone. Um, And, you know, this is stuff I found out when I've been in counseling and therapy and figuring out, you know, when did all this start and why and all that. Um, Anyhow, he had mono- and so he was gone for 10 days. But you didn't, you didn't talk about things back then. You know, it's, it's like, it's a grown-up thing. You just be a kid, go to your room, come out when you're happy. It was just, that's just the way it was. Okay, um, so in fourth grade as well, um, I went to a parochial school from kindergarten to eighth grade. We went to mass every single day except for uh, Saturdays. My dad was in the choir. We always sat behind them. We always had to go to the high masses, which were so long. Um, And um, so why am I telling you this? (laughs) Uh, Your dad and um, kids. Okay, Okay, thanks. Um, So he was um, a really good friend of the choir director. And this guy, this choir director was the meanest SOB you ever, I ever saw. And he was so strict. And I came to school after I pulled out my eyelashes and eyebrows. And um, he, we sat in these little benches all grouped up. And he had me go to the front of the room and say to everybody, look what Denise did. And then, then he had me sit underneath his upright piano with my holding on to my knees, you know, bent up the rest of the time for that day. And you know what, I never told my parents, because you just didn't do that. You know, so um, anyhow, that's my religion, my religious upbringing, which was really screwy. So in seventh and eighth grade, then um, I, I started doing the bulimia. Um, I, I had been born with something called pyloric stenosis, which is when your stomach valve doesn't close properly or whatever. And um, so I guess it was easy for me to throw up. Um, And so um, my mom was the kind of, she was an awful cook. And, um, but you had to eat every, you had to eat all your fucking vegetables. (laughs) Um, And my mom, the way she'd cook was she would um, fire them up and it would be frozen spinach, and she'd fire it up, you know, and boil it or whatever, and then pull up it on your plate. And she did that with broccoli and, and uh. Brussels sprouts and asparagus, and everything was just soupy and just horrid. I had a really nice brother. And um, when we had green beans, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, would put, I would put them in his milk and he would drink it. And then I'd have to make his bed for the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we we always had dessert my dad was um pretty large um his whole life that I can remember um my mom was pretty normal my sister was very skinny um my brother was pretty normal too um so then I went into high school and Um, I got into speed. And um, so I wasn't eating. So that was the whole anorexia portion of it. And I love that feeling. And, um, but, you know, it also screwed up your, um, your um, sleeping. And you were, and I was really a nervous wreck. And at that time, too, they had this thing called MIDAL, maybe they still have it. But It was something to take um, for your cramps, but it was speed. It's all it was was speed. And I remember burping it. Yeah. It was so horrible, but I take it because I had horrible cramps. So, um, so, but I liked the speed part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so then um, in high
0: school during this time, are you, is there any sort of, sexual feelings with your body or you know because i know a lot of times in puberty or whatever all of a sudden it's you know who likes
1: you who doesn't you know did you have to go through any of that oh sure um in fact i was looking at um i have a lot of papers and i'm i'm retired now as of july and so i'm going through all my papers that i need to get rid of and i found this one um two-page paper and it was about this guy i liked And um, it was 830, you know, so and so calls 831, I feel wonderful. 942, he calls again, you know, so it goes on and on and on. (laughs) Um, And I went to an all girl nun run school. So yeah, we wanted the boys. And the boys went to the um, parochial school, uh, the all boys school. Um, And so we'd have dances and come together. um, So yeah, um, I think I got my first kiss when I was a sophomore in in high school. And uh,
0: did you have any insecurities about your body, or did you have a sort of sense of confidence, or did you just not even think about
1: it? Well, you know, um, I was, um, hmm, you know, I'm thinking of like pictures that I have um, when I was a freshman. Um, you know, I had friends that were always dieting, um, and I would try diets, but the bulimia worked better for me, you know, and, um, you know, I would in grade school and then I'd go home and I'd, um, you know, you'd have a, I'd have a big snack and then I'd watch TV and then I'd do my homework and then I'd go to bed. And, um, in high school, then, um, you know, I was always hoarding, um, whatever sweets we had in the in the house um and then throwing them up you know sixth seventh eighth grade um my mom in eight in high school um she knew i was doing this and i thought i was you know so incredible i was you know being quiet turning on the shower you know so nobody could hear Um, and she knew that i was you know, vomiting and um, said, she'd like to take me to uh, Weight Watchers. And I absolutely said, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was a senior in, in high school, I would gained probably 25 pounds, maybe I was, I was just completely um, immersed in food, I was not doing the speed anymore. I wasn't really exercising. Um, I got in trouble a lot with the nuns. Um, I was kind of a rebel. Um, I was drinking a lot um, and then throwing it up, lying to my parents, um, you know, all that, going to, getting it getting into pot. Um, and then when I, when I was a senior, um, again, my mom had asked me if I wanted to go to Weight Watchers, whatever. And, um, I said, okay, because I was feeling really kind of desperate and very depressed. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't really know what depression was. And I'm pretty sure I was probably pretty depressed as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, but this was something that, um, my mom and I went to and, um, it, it taught me how to eat. It taught me what fruits were, vegetables were, uh, you know, what's good for cramps, you know, bananas, calcium, you know, all that. What was a meal? Um, mm-hmm. It was good like that. But, uh, you know, you, ha- you had to also eat um, liver once a week. My mom would call it velvet steak. Ugh. Yeah. And my dad, um, he was allergic to onions. So we never had any onions in our house at all. um, Because I guess people eat liver with onions a lot. And I just was eating this tongue, whatever. Yeah, it was pretty horrid. Um, But my mom, I thought, um, you know, she didn't tell any of my friends. She got all the the, the right food in there for me. Um, but I left there because they'd um, weigh you at the front of the room um, and if you had gained they'd let you know mm-hmm. and if not everybody got an, a clap but if if you had gained it was you know people were like oh yeah it was just um mortifying you know yeah so um then I went into college and um I got totally into drugs and um, got really skinny. Um, the food was pretty um, awful there. Um, um, but I do remember eating these hot dogs that were green on the outside because I think they probably reheated them a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I really liked them <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, but um, so then, um
0: so in college, did you feel sexual in your body or was it something that you enjoyed or again? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm lucky I, I wasn't I didn't have any problems um, as a kid being molested or anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, but uh, the religion I was born into um, made you ashamed you know, there was tons of shame in it um, for whatever you did. If you lied, if you mm-hmm. stole, if you, you know, were disrespectful to your parents, you know, just all that, just tons and tons of shame. Um, and so, and I was really ashamed that I was doing this bulimia thing, um, but I thought I had it under control
0: because mm-hmm. when
1: I went to college, um, like on the first day, I met this guy who was, who became my boyfriend in my first um lover, um, freshman year, and we just did drugs, 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 and (laughs) life was just great, right, and then um, my, in March of that year, um, my dad died, he was, he was 58, he was my best friend, Um, you know, and I was, like, starting to get along with my mom my senior year, really, because she had taken me to Weight Watchers, but um, it really, really threw me uh, for a loop. And um, I got really heavily into drugs and um, you know, pretending a lot that it hadn't really happened. It was in a different state that, than I was um, than I was raised in. Um, so um, I, I dropped out of school after my second year, and I went to live up um, into a different city with a friend and, um, the friend had, she had a boyfriend and I knew that, um, but I didn't think it was going to be a problem. Well, it was because we moved in together. I paid $120 total (laughs) for a half of a duplex. Wow. Yeah. This is back in the seventies. Anyhow, um, she fell in love and so she was hardly ever home. And so I was eating and vomiting and eating and vomiting and eating and vomiting. Um, it just got really, really bad. Um, and then let's see, um, I moved in with another friend um, because because my roommate got married. Right. The noise of her. <laughs> and the, the woman that I, um, um, moved in with, um, she was a really good friend of mine from high school, and um, we got back into the drugs, but oh. my bulimia was still, um, it was still happening, and I remember so often, she'd always leave a half of something, you know, in her glass or on her plate, and, She had this pack of um, candy things that um, she always had a half a bag. So Mm -hmm. I would go in when she would be gone and I would grab the, you know, I'd eat them all and then I'd go to the store and I'd buy another one and I'd eat half of those. And then she'd never know, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, And I was really good at the bulimia because as far as I knew, she didn't know. Um, So then... Um, I moved back to Chicago, um, after I, I went back to school after I took off a year, um, I finished college and I moved back to Chicago and that's when I met, um, the, um, who would be the guy who would be my husband and five years or three, three, I think we were together five years before we got married. Um, and we moved in after three years together and I was bulimic the whole time Yeah, he he never knew it we'd have um bowls of popcorn in bed yeah uh, you know be watching tv and then we'd go to sleep and i would wake up and i'd have to drink tons of milk or ice cream to in order to throw it up yeah um to this day i don't eat ice cream or popcorn it's been removed and um I'm scared to death to ever try it again, just like drugs. Cause I'm, yeah. I think I'd be like right back into it. Yeah. Um, just like cigarettes too. Um, you know, it's just the addictive portion of me. Um, so then, um, you know, back to body image and then coming to aging and all that. Um, I was one of those Irish Catholic, freckled, fair-skinned girls. Who in um, high school I would put we I'd slather on um, baby oil Mm -hmm. and uh, put do uh, foil aluminum foil underneath here like this and then be out in the sun so I'd burn and burn and burn and burn and burn Um, and my mom would say your skin is going to turn horrible if you keep doing this you're not the kind of person who's going to tan and I kept doing it and doing it and doing it Um, and here I am at 60 seven. um, And she was right. (laughs) God damn it. it. Um, And it's funny because I have a sister who's six years older than me and she, she's flawless. She hardly has anything. It's, and she never went out in the sun. She was just a real good, you know, good girl or whatever. Um, so, um,
0: you get married. And did you feel how, what, how did you feel about your body around that time? Um,
1: I had come back and so I was living with my mom. Um, and you know, like I said, my dad had died and she had been seeing, um, a, a man for a couple of five years after my dad had died. Um, and, and then I I think they got yeah they got married and so he was in um, our house at the same time um, I was you know falling in love with my husband and so she was out a lot and I was out a lot we didn't really you know we weren't really together a lot um, and um, I think I was just pretty much back then um, you know I was in I was in love and. Um, I guess, um, you know, I, he, he, he taught me how to drink. He, he brought in beer into my life. I had been drinking all hard stuff and he had brought in beer and I brought in a pot for him, Right, (laughs) get wasted and and all that. Um, but I'm pretty sure I was exercising really crazily. Um, when I was a senior in college, um, or sophomore in college, my mom had suggested I go and find a pool uh-huh. at the university um, to help me with my depression and all. The funny thing about, um, you know, after my dad died, um, my mom and I were the only two people out of our family who would talk about it. Right. Um, and my brother and sister wouldn't at all. And so my mom and I got close and um, she, she was a swimmer she, um, you know, said, why don't you find a pool? And I did, and it started to help my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I also went to counseling because it was suggested, um, you know, if you've, you know, lost somebody, it's a good thing to try counseling. Um, So that was really helpful too, but I didn't ever tell um, a a counselor that I had bulimia, you know, I was just so ashamed of it. Um, but you know, I did get married and, um, we had, um, a fine life and, um, I lied to my husband the whole time. Um, I was doing it. Um, he'd been in a accident and, um, he couldn't smell, um, really well. So I guess I was lucky or whatever. I was good at it. It's, I don't mean to say I was lucky. I was good yeah. at it. Um, and, um, Oh, so then I got pregnant, um, and uh, pretty much right away, I was 35, yeah, I was 30, uh, no, I was 33, um, and um, so, you know, we were really happy about being pregnant, um, and this was, a, this was a really hard time in my life, because uh, you have absolutely no control over your body when you're pregnant, it just does, you know. You get big boobs, you get pain, you throw up, um, your stomach gets so big, you have no control at all, and um, I was I was really in my disease um, for probably the first six months of my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I was vomiting um, with me being pregnant. And I kept saying to myself, "It's just like if I had the flu for six months, you know. It wasn't, oh my God, I'm harming a baby. You know, I might be harming a baby, right? And that baby is um, almost thirty-five. Wow, a month, and he has his own two kids, and um, so that worked out. Um, my second child then, um, or actually, when my when that son was two, yeah." Um, that's he when you have a two-year-old you are also totally out of control because so are they and um he was just a wild guy and um I was one of very few people um who stayed at home the first couple of years um, of his life you know I was a stay-at-home mom um so it was a, a lot of um you know looking for other mothers a lot of alone time a lot of um you know, hating that I I couldn't control me or him or the bulimia or whatever. And um, so when he was about two and a half, this was my absolute bottom. Um, I was downstairs in our basement and I was um, doing the bulimia and he kept calling my name and I would go upstairs and put another video. you know to watch because he was interrupting my thing Mm. and um at one point he called my name and I was so weak from vomiting I was probably vomiting like I don't know half a dozen times a day maybe um at that time um I was so weak I couldn't even lift my head up to even stand up and What came to me, I believe, um, was maybe my higher higher power, I don't know, miracle, whatever. Um, But what came to me was um, what's going to happen when they find out about me. It wasn't what's going to happen to my son if he falls down the stairs because I'm passed out. Mm
0: -hmm. It was like
1: the first time that I came to realize that what I was doing was affecting another person. Oh wow. My, my son. Yeah. So that was my absolute bottom. And, um, so, um, after that, um, I knew I had an eating disorder. I just didn't know what I was. Was I bulimic? Was I anorexic? Was I insane? Yes. All of those <laughs> things. Um, and I started looking um, around, like in the library. You know what is, you know? And I found in the DMS, you know, it's the mental health mm-hmm. disorder book. Um, I found bulimia and anorexia in there, and I just thought, oh my god, I am, I'm, a, I, I've got a mental illness. Well, duh. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I'd had the trichotillomania. I was really anxious as a kid, um, and then you know, this eating disorder so um i found a book in the library and it was it had a picture of this beautiful young blonde woman and it said my journey from bulimia anorexia to a happy life or something like that and i thought how could she put her picture on this book you know i, I was just i just could not believe it right it was such a secret to me you know and yeah. um, so i read the book and um at the same time, I, you know, I was reading the book, you know, little by little, and um, at the same time, my brother came to visit, and my brother was an alcoholic, and I didn't know it. And, um, you know, we had kind of thought he might be but we weren't so sure. And he had come um, and essentially was drying out on the airplane, and then he came to our house. And he went through, he started to go through withdrawals. and. Um, I, my, like I said, my son was little and my brother didn't get violent, but he was hallucinating. Um, he'd fallen. He'd gotten a huge thing on his head. Um, I brought, I wanted to get my son safe. So I brought him to a friend's house while my brother, while my husband and I brought my brother to the um, hospital and um, they told us pretty much he was detoxing. And, um, and then they said, we can't hold him here. Uh, and so, um, anyhow, um, I had to put him in a motel cause I didn't know what was going to go on with him. And I was really afraid, mm-hmm. um, and, um, he disappeared for three days. And then after three days, um, we were contacted by OHSU and he had been picked up by, um, the psych he was in the psych unit up at OHSU. Um, so anyhow, to make a very long story short, um, he when he was released, um, he went to a four week in, inpatient um, rehab for alcoholics place. And I was the token um, family member because my sister and my mom were out of town. And so I would start, I would go to these um, family meetings every week. And on the way back, the first two weeks on the way back, I'd stop at this particular store and just eat, 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 eat the whole way home and um, vomit, you know, when I got home and um, the third and fourth week of that, um, I started to see, you know, they'd have like people in a a circle and they'd have the alcoholic and then they'd have their kids or their lovers, you know, face them and tell them how much their alcoholism was hurting them and all. And um, I started to see that um, my brother and I were probably pretty darn depressed and that we were just manifesting our disease in two different ways. Him with alcohol, me with, you know, the bulimia. so anyhow, um, that was all going on at the same time when I was reading this book. And anyhow, the book, um, she said in it, it's not, it wasn't OA approved. But what she said in the book was, she went to an OA meeting that someone had brought her to, and I'd never heard of an over overeaters anonymous. Wow. Well. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wrote her and I thanked her and uh, I told her about my brother and she wrote me back, you know, cause I just said, you are so brave. I can't believe how wonderful it is. You've helped me. I'm going to start looking into Over Years Anonymous. Um, and she wrote me back and said, by now you probably realize that alcoholism and depression and eating disorders um, and drug addictions all run in the same family um I hope you get help or something like that. Um and then I started looking up in the yellow page or yeah we had yellow page we had a photo yeah back then and um I found my first meeting and I went to it and um I cried the first six times at least because um I heard all these strange people um Bearing their souls, um, who had an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And I remember a woman named Wave, she was 72. And I thought, what the hell is she doing here? Right. Um, and guess what? I'm 67 and I've been <laughs> 31 years. She was there because she was in recovery. Right. Um, so um then um, I started oh then I was pregnant again with my second child and um, by this time I'd had probably three year three four years of, of program and um, and since I'd been through you know the first birth and that um, I knew I knew my stomach even though it would get so unbelievably out of here um, that I was gonna, it would go back to relative normality. Um, a friend of mine had told me that once you have a, a child, your stomach does not go down mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't because it's been stretched for so long. And that was a that was a problem too. Um, but I found that nursing um, really helped me get back into shape or whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was also um, crazy. And, and
0: you mean nursing as in your profession?
1: No, um, Oh, nursing
0: is nursing, nursing
1: my child. My child. Son. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so, um, I was also swimming, um, you know, during this time, um, every single day I was just obsessed. And if somebody got in my way, watch out. <laughs> um, it was, you know, I, I came to understand it was called exercise bulimia. Yeah.
0: Um, so it, can I just ask a question with the exercise bulimia? Was that uh, were the, was the drive to burn off the calories as much as like to get your body back into like pre-pregnancy shape? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I I tried jogging and I hated jogging and, um, swimming just helped me kind of maintain my, my pre, you know, whatever weight pre-pregnancy weight. Um, but like I said, it was not healthy because I was, it was every single day and I would be pissed off. I was so pissed off when I got into, um, OA, um, you know, I hated me. I hated everybody. I hated everybody, yeah. I hated everything. Um, so, um, then into the meetings, I guess, um, I, I did not admit I was a, um, bulimic or an anorexic. Because I knew that I was mentally, um, there was more wrong with me than there was with other people who were just compulsive readers, but I never said it, I never shared it with anybody. And then one day, this very brave woman announced that she was a uh, recovering bulimic and anorexic. And I went up to her afterwards and just thanked her so much for being so brave. And she said, well, you know, somebody did that for me and said to me, why don't you start introducing yourself? And she said that to me. And I was like, no, No. (laughs) And, um, and then guess what, you know, eventually I was open to it and I started doing it as well. And then people would come to me and thank me, you know, and now there's anorexic and bulimic programs, you know, right, and, you right. know specific meetings. Um, so. Um,
0: How long did it take you to get abstinent?
1: Um, it, well, probably. Um, it was not removed right away. Right. Um, I, I think that uh, it probably took me like six to nine months and my mom had come to visit at three months and I totally lost my abstinence with her and um, we were at dinner. She brought us out to dinner and um, you know, she said whatever she said and I went, and I threw it all up, and came back, and finished dinner,
0: right, and, um,
1: you know, that's pretty much what it was, and, and um, at that time, too, you know, my husband would go to the store for whatever it was, because he knew he'd have to face me, you know, Um, you know, he knew something was wrong, too, Um, but I, you know, when I finally told him that I was getting, I was in OA and um, I really thought he was going to leave me because um, it was such a disgusting thing. And I had so much shame about it and um, felt, you know, until I got into the rooms that I was pretty much the only one doing it. Right. Um, And, you know, when I, you know, it was between the alcohol, the cigarettes, the drugs, the pot, um, Uh, I was very sexually promiscuous, I forgot all about this, Um, (laughs) right after my dad died, um, and I was up in um, Minnesota. um, And, um, yeah, it got really bad, good, bad, and I was doing um, everything that I could to escape my feelings of loss of his, him. and yeah that that was really um a very very promiscuous time i totally forgot about that um and
0: um, so back to your you thought your husband was gonna leave you
1: thanks um yeah so um anyhow i started i told him i was going to AA because i was gonna find out how to make my brother stop drinking oh okay those AA people told me I might want to go to Al-Anon. <laughs> so that's what I did. And right. at Al-Anon, I heard somebody talk about um, Overeaters Anonymous and I thought, okay, you know, and it it got me back to going to there. And then um, probably six months later, I'd been telling my husband that I was going to Al-Anon the whole time. Um, you know I finally told him and um, he just said he was really happy that I was getting help. Oh yeah he's a p- pretty wonderful person. Um so how old are you at this point? Um this sort of early 40s probably
0: early 40s okay
1: yeah, yeah um so then I you know spent a lot of years Uh, Well, you don't want me to go back from like 40 to 60 right now.
0: No, but let's talk. So you're abstinent. And so this is perfect. So now you're in OA, you're abstinent, you're doing the deal. and You're starting this in your early 40s. Now, did you also get abstinent from your exercise bulimia?
1: Eventually, but that
0: took a long time. Okay. Um, So now your body's aging. What was that like to kind of like finally get to this place of like, okay, I'm in a way I'm abstinent and whatever. And while that's happening, you're in your forties and going from 40 to 50 is quite, I mean, in terms of our aging process on our bodies Mm -hmm. is really for me, like that's when, you know, if you're in your thirties, a lot of people will tell you you're still young. Yeah. And, but in your move from your forties to your fifties, no one's gonna, well, older people will tell you you're still young, but Mm -hmm. culturally you're not considered young anymore Mm -hmm. because now your age is actually starting to show itself.
1: Right. So do you, do you remember what that was kind of like? You know, um, I think that I was raising my kids from, 40 to 50 pretty much. Um, So I don't think I even, I don't think I really even knew I was aging um, because you're just so constantly busy. However, um, my son um, came home from school one day, he was in fifth grade or something, and he said, we all had to raise our hands uh, if our, if our mothers were over 40 years old, and I had to raise my hand, or like that. <laughs> you know, and, um, but you know what, I mean, it brought up shame, you know, yeah. and it's like, if I had had my children, when I was in my 20s, they wouldn't even be alive, you know, I would be dead, so, um anyhow, my, uh, the aging thing for me started really when I was like in my 50s, okay. um, it's like mm-hmm. these last 10 years, pretty much,
0: Um, So, so just to you know so basically in your 40s even though your body's aging I mean quite honestly you just didn't have the mind space to even really deal with it because again you're so focused on raising your kids
1: right
0: you know they required so much of your attention and so much so you get so then yeah so then we get to now you turn
1: 50 and was that like yeah yeah I'm 50 or do you remember that I remember when my mom we had a they had a surprise party for her when she turned 50 and I remember as a kid thinking I am never going to be this old ever (laughs) I also remember um you know my mom would come to visit us from Chicago and um Every time I'd see her, you know, it'd be, you know, three or four months, whatever. Oh, she'd look so much older to me. And now I think that's what my kids are probably thinking about me, you know, right, right. but, you know, I mean, that's, that's what happens. That's what it does. Um, so and what, you know, what was that? So what, yeah, what's, what's your fifties like? And with, well, I, I had um, started a new profession when I was, I, I grew, I, when I was 49, um, I got into this other profession um, so um that was it was a really um physical um thing uh that I was doing and um so you know you, you had to be able to, you know, um lift up 80 pounds and you had to be, you know, up and down, you know, I was working in healthcare. Um um, so I was really pretty agile, and um, I was—I felt I was in good shape. I was hiking and swimming and all that. Um, but I remember um, once I ordered a bathing suit, um, and you know, like I'm a, I'm a lap swimmer, and so I order the speedos, mm-hmm. um, and I ordered one of my normal size, and and I put it on, and it was my my back was fat. And I looked in the mirror and I went, what the fuck? And I remember it so distinctly because then I grabbed it, you know, and so I had heard that things start to like sag. Yes. That was the first say, that was the first physical thing that I noticed, um, which was really um, a drag. Um, And then, uh, you know, you start seeing your, your, um, chicken wings, chicken wings, and you, you you can see your hands. And then I got arthritis in my hands and, um, I was still working. So I I still felt, you know, pretty healthy, but, um, you know, it, it'd be like, um, Oh, um, you know, another thing I had really horrible teeth. Um, that was from the bulimia and, um, So I had like a huge space in between my teeth, um, and I'd wanted to get it fixed, but we couldn't afford it. And, um, that was just one part of me that I just hated. And so, um, you know, then came all this, you know, um, planting of a tooth, you know, for $5,000 a piece. And they wanted to put in five of them. Wow. Me and, um, or, or I could get dentures. Yeah. And, um, I thought, you know, if I was in my thirties, I might think about the, um, you know, permanent teeth, Um, but I wasn't. Um, And so I decided um, to have the rest of my upper teeth pulled Um, and I I only, I had 10 of them removed. They were all awful and bad. And and, uh, so I have a, a denture. Wow. Um, and that's a lot from, um, from the bulimia uh, thrown up. I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, yeah. I don't have any bottom molars at all. I have a bridge as well. Yeah. Um, my sister, who's six years older than me, has had one cavity in her <laughs> life. Wow. And, and her father in law was a dentist. Wow. Talk about unfair.
0: <laughs> yeah, very unfair. Yeah. So what was it, did you have to work your program around these things like the teeth and the oh, like uh, yes. back fat and the? Oh yeah,
1: oh, absolutely. Um, especially the teeth thing, um, because um, a lot of, you know, we had children and I didn't wanna spend all that money on something I could have done in my thirties had I had that opportunity. Um, you know, I wanted them to, um, you know, have have the money, you know, when I die or whatever, um, and um, so yeah, I had to, you know, um, do the the steps around them um, that I was powerless over you know, the crack in my mouth, the, you know, split in my teeth, I was powerless over what I had done to myself. Um, And I came to believe that I needed to decide on what was best for me and my family. Um, And, um, and then I had to turn it over. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a horrible experience with that, um, that I won't get into. But if anybody ever has their teeth removed, make sure they put you all the way out is all I'll say. Yeah. Um, okay. So then, um, now, um, um you know, I've, I've said about the effects of, um, the wrinkles and yeah. my, my mom would say to me, you always frown, you're always frowning. you those lines are going to last. And, you know, you don't, you don't, I never listened to my mother um, until she was much older, and I was too, so I got the teeth thing, I got that thing, Um, I'm getting this thing here that people can't really see, but it's, um, if you ever watch Star Trek, Trek, there's these people called the Kardashians, and, and it's not the Kardashians, the girls, it's this alien race. Yeah. And this is exactly what they look like. And because I think the skin starts to sag. Okay. Um, There was a funny movie that I watched with some friends and um, they'd stand next to each other.
0: The the, the lines on the neck going down. Oh yeah. Okay. Like the tendons. Yeah. um, Yeah. Really becoming prominent.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're becoming much more prominent. And, um, there was a movie that we had seen. And so a couple of friends of mine and I would stand next to each other and we would pull it back and <laughs> smile. we pull each other's back and smile. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a study, uh, always study group. Um, yes. there's, there's six to eight of us and out of the six to eight of us, four have had, um, either Botox or facelifts. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's like when, you know, we, we had Barbie dolls as kids and I did not, I had GI Joe, but other kids had Barbie dolls. Um, and, and, you know, the whole, um, the whole presentation of her body was so, bizarre that, you know, and all, and we'd all try to um, emulate what she looked like, um, you know, and in the magazines, you know, you wanted to be skinny and, you know, there, there was just so much um, media that was, um, you know, being fed into us or whatever. Um, so, okay, I'm talking Barbie dolls. That's not such a good thing.
0: No, but again, like, so you, you were talking about this study group and like about half of them are older yeah. women who are, you know, getting plastic
1: surgery or. Right. You know, getting
0: right. Botox and.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, one of, one of us was getting, um, Botox for, um, uh, urinary incontinence because that's what starts happening too, um when my kids were, when I was in my fifties, um, I'd be playing basketball with them or, mm-hmm. you know, badminton or volleyball or something. And, um, and I, you know, sneeze or I, would you know, hit something really hard. And then I'd have to go back. I'd have to go in the inside and they'd be like, why are you always doing that? And I'd be like, just wait till I'm back, you know? And <laughs> I was peeing.
0: Right. Um,
1: and I never knew that you could use Botox for urinary incontinence. Um, I've been really lucky I, that has not happened to me yet. yeah, but you know when you think about Botox is supposed to be like one of the most toxic chemicals on earth, and here we're doing this um, you know, yeah, to make you know society accept us more, is that what it is? But it's also really good for people like with Parkinson's or people who have neurological deficits and it can help, you know release tight tighten things wow. um, but, um, you know, I, I, there's a part of me that, um, would like to, um, you know, just have it gone. Yeah. You know, some of it just gone. And, yeah. um, and yet, um, you know, I feel very, um, conflicted by it. Um, it's, it's way too much money than, than I could afford. Um,
0: well, but what if you did have the money? What if that wasn't an obstacle?
1: I don't. I still don't think I would do it, and you know why? It's probably because I have grandchildren now, yeah, and um, especially one of them's a do- you know granddaughter, um, and um, I, I don't think I could handle the um, uh, you know the, all the bruising and everything yeah. um, that happens, um, and that you know, and we I watch we watch them once a week. I don't think I could handle that with them wondering why I had done that. Yeah. Um, That's kind of what it comes down to. Wow. Yeah. Um, And it's also very, um, it seems to to be really greedy um, and, uh, you know, just not very true to yourself. And yet, because so many people are doing it, um, it makes people like me who aren't doing it worse
0: yeah look even older yeah
1: exactly and um you know when when we get to be older you know you're supposed to be revered as wise and all that and so many other cultures um do that especially well I probably shouldn't say any cultures but um not Americans Americans tend to put their loved ones in homes, get them out of the way. Yeah.
0: Whereas,
1: um, you know, other cultures will, you know, the, the grandparents stay home and they take care of the kids while the parents work um, yeah. or they live with them until, you know, they die or whatever. And uh, we're just not like that, unfortunately. Um,
0: yeah. So, also, also,
1: when, you, when, you, start, when yeah. you start to age, um, you, you start to fade people um at um you know any store at all um you know they'll they'll be looking at the person behind you who's a blonde you know or whatever and they'll yeah. be giving you your ticket they won't even say thank you right and and I just think what what's going on? I'm a person yeah. you know and yeah. I and I'm especially hi, how are you doing? Right. You know, that kind of thing. Um yeah and, and for th- people who don't know um, there's you can google this which is
0: like the invisibility of older women and it's like it's a thing which is like once we lose our sexual appeal we stop being seen like literally stop being seen you know um yeah not regarded we lose our humanity we're not you know yeah so um yeah that's that's awfully challenging
1: so. I, I know the um, first time I was um, asked if I was a senior, and I said, "No, what? no! you know, you little whippersnapper." And then um, my friend said, "Well, you, you can get a you can get a discount." And I said, "Well, how old do you have to be?" And he said, "55 or something." And I think I was like 57 or 58 or something. I went, "Yes, I am a senior." <laughs> <laughs> and that was just so funny you know because i've been fighting it you know don't you dare call me a senior you yeah. little snapper and um, then i was and um and then you get you get discounts um, yeah. i mean there are things that are good about it um yeah you know aarp i was so pissed off that's the
0: yeah ass- no i know yeah for, for american persons. association of
1: retired persons right yeah, yeah. Um, So you get a lot of, um, you get a magazine and it's just about aging and it's really nice um, because you know, you're not the only one. Um, I have to tell
0: you a funny story. I I think I got a card from AARP and I don't want to exaggerate. So if it wasn't in the week of my 50th birthday, it Uh was definitely in the month. I was like, how do you even know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and I just laughed I just was like oh my gosh you know oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah but anyway yeah you do get discounts and you know the aging I know that going back to like you know that you know women our age getting Botox just makes us look older is um, uh, there was an interview or something with Paulina Poroskova who was you know a really popular model in the eighties and nineties, and she hasn't had any work done. And she actually, you know, did, I don't know. I'm not exactly, it was a TikTok, but basically there's an interview with her and she's, you know, she's only wearing like a shift or something and, and she's talking about how she would look for women that looked like her, her age that looked like her and she couldn't find any. Because she said it went from like young to Betty White. Yeah. You know, and you know, that middle, you know, 50, 60, you know, was like, no, you're not allowed to to be older as a woman or told if you're going to be older, you shouldn't look older. Right. Right. And it's not, I don't want to turn this into putting down women who do plastic surgery and everything. I specifically want to talk about, you know having an eating disorder and body image dysmorphia and how that even complicates this. So for example, if I didn't have an eating disorder or body image dysmorphia, I might like just think about it, like consider it. But unfortunately for me, because of the incredible perfectionism that I've had towards my body, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I can't see doing that Without my disease being part of that decision, yeah, you know, and I, and for the sake of my recovery, I can't, can't really risk it because my whole half of my journey in recovery has been about body acceptance,
1: yeah,
0: and loving the body that I'm in, and and you know, again, I'm 52, and I hear you on like, you know, things being lower (laughs) than they were before, you know, like, you know, that my skin is actually, you know, getting a little like, oh, it's gravity.
1: Yeah.
0: And really having to think about um, like, okay, it just feels like, all right, I've already gone through, you know, in early recovery, realizing that, you know, because I came in overweight, and so the delusion that I had was underneath the weight was this rock star body, and by rock star body I meant like like you said like the Barbie, right. you know the Vargas girl body, uh-huh. and losing the weight and realizing that that that's not true, uh-huh. you know, and then having to deal with the feelings around that, uh-huh. you know, and um, so it's just been this. Powerful journey. Now, I've never minded getting older and I've never minded looking older. It's in terms of my face. Right. But in terms of my body, it just, it's like, man, just when I got to some body acceptance, you know, and really appreciating my body, you know, in my 40s and late 40s, it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, I, and like I said, I did not mind the lines on my face. Mm But my jowls, Mm -hmm. I'm like jowls, (laughs) fucking jowls, like, you know, and uh, yeah, and that's kind of the whole wanting to talk about it. You know, I always like to talk about what in our fellowship we may be struggling with it. It's like, okay, if I'm struggling with it, I know I'm not terminally unique. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and also hearing, you know, from, like I mentioned before, like my sponsees, like, yeah, ladies, you're all going to get a lot older and you've all had kids, not all of you, but, you know, so this additional, like, you know, I don't know, you know, again, that's where I have to, I don't know what that is, but it's like, in addition to getting older, you've had a body that, you know, if not once, twice.
1: Yeah
0: you know, has gone through, um, some sort of, like you said, stretching out, having it come back and not everyone, you know, gets to, you know, there was, I don't know if you remember when, um, oh my God, Demi Moore, like after she had kids, she did a nude and she looked like she had never had kids. I'm sure she had work. (laughs) Absolutely. She had work. But again, the idea that it's like, this again, is like women, you know, if you have kids, it's fine that you have them, but then put all your energy and effort to making your body look like you never had kids,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, yeah. Well, and you know, the, um, it's not just your boobs and your skin that say, but, um, you know, women for whatever reason, get the thing around the middle, which I've got Oh, right. And I have always wanted a flat stomach. And this really bothers me to this day. Um, yeah. you know, so I'm, you know, looking into, um, you know, what I saw a guy play, I think it's called planking the other day, you know? yeah, day, yeah. Um, And I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. So, you know, I still have that yeah, right mindset of, um, you know, I want a flat stomach, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, also Nicole, um, you know, you start to be, um, you know, like my life is so much better now that I'm in programming and recovery, and it's just really a ripoff that when you're finally getting your head together, your body starts to do it. Yes, that that's yes.
0: exactly what I've been thinking lately. Is yes. like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm finally getting that phrase youth is wasted on the young yeah right you know what i mean like yeah. oh my god you know like i'm fine that's that was again like just when i start to go into total body acceptance feel really good in my body you know it's when it starts very overtly mm-hmm. falling apart on me like you know i i heard some woman jokingly talk about you know you get a point where you're now in the you know decomposing phase of your life and, and you know the funny thing is that if you think about it she's right yeah you know what I mean where it's like yeah. oh yeah mm-hmm. you know it's just the slow decomposing that we call aging right but just that things are just breaking down breaking down breaking down yeah you know and then as women we have to deal with the fact that men somehow get sexier as yeah. they older yeah what is that yeah. And and we somehow, you know, become more vile. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. The thing about the planking is, is that makes me think about that is, is that my grandmother, I mean, she had, you know, something where older, older, like, you know, 80s, and you know, where her whole inside was just falling down. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So that's the whole like, yes, ladies, do your core strength. You know what
1: I mean? But it's yeah. yeah. And you start losing bone, um, bone mass as well. I had my first bone scan um a couple months ago. And so I have um what do they call it? Degenerative, you know, so what it is is um osteoporosis. Um, and they say that, you know, women who are shorter and maybe, um, smaller are, um, more destined to have osteoporosis. So then what do you do? You know, um, you know, I, I do do weight bearing just with, um, you know, um, bicycle and with weights, but then they want you to take this, uh, you know, medication and it's got so many odd effects, you know, um, side effects. But also, I also am on, um, I've been on uh, antidepressants for a long time when I finally got, yeah. you know, into OA, into um, counseling, um, and and it's helped me so much, and, you know, a lot of it was you know, well, you you might you know have purple you know bubbles coming out of your ears when you're 90 or whatever. But I was like, yeah, but I want to be sane with my children. I want to enjoy this time. I can live with the side effects later. Right. Right now, um, yeah, it's just really important, you know. So, um,
0: so, and then and then the other
1: thing about aging that is happening now um, with with friends of mine who are maybe. T- you know, I don't know, 10 years older than me or so, is that they're breaking their hips. And um, I've got a really good friend, my first sponsor who had a brain, she has a, she sustained a traumatic brain injury because of falls. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's living in a, you know, in a place now, uh, her total, you know, personality is totally different. Yeah. Uh, Dementia is happening with um, friends of mine. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, she she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at at 65. Wow. Yeah. um, So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, um, a game, I guess, um, if you're lucky or, or if you're not, and yeah, it's a split game. Yeah. And what I want to do is I just want to hurry and, travel, and I want to, you know, do all these things that I've been wanting to do ever since I was, I've stopped working, Um, you know, but COVID is, of course, you know, it's the kibosh on that for a little while.
0: For a little while. Mm -hmm. So, just as a way of wrapping up, again, um, wise woman, do you have any, first, I, I have two questions, you know, where are you at now? I mean, even though we've just talked about it, but, like, sort of, working your program around your recovery. And then is there anything, you know, to our fellowship or to young young women that's kind of specific about your recovery that's really helped you through
1: this aging process? Um, sharing about it helps a lot um, because, you know, it's just like with our eating disorder, when we share, um, we're surrounded by people who are doing the same thing. And I just need to remember to share um, about, you know, everything that's going on. Um, and aging is a huge, huge part of it. Um, I feel like I'm I would probably say stay out of the sun. Yeah. And, um work on your cores. Yeah. Um, um but you know, when I first got in, I was only going to one meeting a week and I go to three or four now. Um, it sustains me, it's what, um, you know, gives me my um, my mental, um, my spirituality essentially yeah. is yeah. what it gives me. Um, and I would, you know, that 72 year old woman who was in, and she died, um, you know, at 80 something, um, she stayed in the whole time, right, you know, and um, I thought, you know, God, what a loser, You know, <laughs> and even people who would say I've been in for five years, and you're just thinking, God, why is it right, taking yeah. so long? Right. Um, but it, the reason is, is because we're staying in the program and working the steps and doing right service and all that.
0: Yeah, and our disease never actually dies. No. You know what it I mean? Doesn't. It, it doesn't die. Um, no. And so it goes elsewhere. It goes elsewhere, you know, yeah. which can be towards your aging body, you know. Yeah. And, and then we just need to work the program just as much, mm-hmm. you know, and talk about it just as much. And, you know, if you don't want to talk about it openly in a meeting, that's fine. You can talk about it with a fellow, you can talk about it with your sponsor right to say I'm really struggling with this and it's like yeah yeah Yeah. I get it me too I love Anne Lamott's church of me too Mm -hmm. like yeah I struggle with it too yeah
1: and then and this is the last part of um you know my life and um which is really glum when you think about it but um you know my husband and I um we have a house that has stairs in it Mm -hmm. And, um, because of my, my occupation, I know that, um, it's not a good thing for elderly people to have stairs, um, because of, you know, falling or, you know, you're, you're recovering from bone breakage or whatever. Um, and so we're having to start looking for what's next. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. You know, probably, you know, he doesn't want to do it. You know, he he says, we're not old enough. and you know, but we're going to be. Um, So I've just got my eyes out for different kinds of things. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But um, I think if he got his small little house, and I got my little house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I know so many women who would love to be like, I love you. Could you move across the street? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And on that happy note, thank you so much, Denise. You're oh, sure. you've always been very gracious when I ask you to do things. And I, I really appreciate that. And oh, hopefully, thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, I can get you to come back. So, yeah. and with that, uh, all right. Thanks everyone.